Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to HR Work Break. I'm your host, Maddie Collins, editor of HR Daily Advisor. HR Work Break takes a quick but close look at everything human resources. For any HR professional, it's a must listen. I hope you learned something new, take some advice to heart, or simply stay abreast today's trending topics. Now, it's time for a work break. Happy Friday, everyone. Today, I'm joined by Jared Pope, founder and CEO of WorkShield. WorkShield is a platform that helps organizations efficiently manage reporting, investigation, and resolution of workplace harassment, discrimination, and misconduct incidents. Jared, thank you for joining me today. Oh, thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you on too. So with the conversation of harassment and discrimination and misconduct incidents and the reporting of that, the first thing that people often think of is transparency. And Tiny Pulse recently found that transparency and management is a top factor in determining employee happiness. How do you recommend that leaders kind of include transparency in their company culture, in their processes, especially in the reporting process? Well, good question. I think we first have to take a look at the history of it. And when you think about transparency from a leadership perspective, and in particularly how it relates to this harassment, discrimination, workplace misconduct, a lot of executives used to say, hey, you know, I want my teammates, my population, my employees, my members to feel like they can talk about anything. So they would set up these anonymous hotlines And those anonymous hotlines would always take the call, but then they would put it right back to that investigator or that internal person, HR, supervisor, manager. And I think at first people thought like, oh, this is a great deal. But then what happened is people quickly realized, well, the manager, the supervisor, they're the ones that are actually harassing or discrimination or having some form of misconduct in the workplace. And so then when the executives would say, well, we're trying to be transparent, but no one's reporting, so we must be doing well. Well, it was actually the opposite. And so I think today with transparency, leaders, executives, the leadership team, the way they can be transparent in their culture is by saying, hey, we not only want to hear your voice, we want to understand what's going on, but we're going to make sure that there's mechanisms put in place that not only hear your voice, but truly listen to it. Everyone's okay with hearing the voice, but they're not okay with listening to it. And that's that's two different things. Hearing something is just like, you know, I always think of, um, you know, someone talking to a microphone and it's going, wah, 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 like the Charlie Brown series, right? (laughs) Yeah. But listening is actually understanding how they feel, you know, what's happening, what it makes them feel like. That transparency, when it's conveyed and provided to leadership and executives, They get a much different story than maybe the story that the managers and supervisors are providing. Yeah, they definitely get more of a full picture. All Voices recently conducted a survey, and it found that 70% of workers say they're more likely to report misconduct if it's anonymous. But the flip side of that is 20% of employees are unclear about what resources are available, and 25% say that reporting resources aren't readily available. So do you have any advice on how to make it more accessible for employees? And in addition to the accessibility, make it feel um, safe, like like you said in your story, that the managers aren't going to um, reprimand them or anything for reporting behavior? I think with that data that All Voices produces, that's probably national data, probably what they're experiencing because they're just an anonymous platform. 
But all that being said is most people don't feel comfortable reporting on an anonymous basis if they know that the person doing the investigation of that incident is someone internal at the company. That's why they always want that anonymous hotline. But that's the reason why there's a broken system already. The broken system is, oh, I've gone to my manager, supervisor, I've gone to HR, it's taken forever. So now I report to this anonymous hotline and it goes straight back to the people that weren't doing anything about it in the first place. So people feel frustrated. That's probably why they're only getting 20% of the issues. It's probably why 25% of the people or 20 or 25% don't feel like they actually know what the resources are available. And so where we've been able to flip that is say, hey, it actually comes out from the leadership providing that communication to all employees saying, hey, if you see this, if you experience this, we want to hear your voice. We want you to go to here. And oh, by the way, we're not going to do the investigations. They are. They're a third party. They're going to do the investigation and they're going to make sure that we're held accountable from a standpoint of looking into it, resolving it, and making sure from start to finish it's done in on average about a week. So it comes down to communication. And look, communication is key. I often say for those that have a spouse or a significant other, you know, most arguments stem from lack of communication. And generally speaking, when you think about transparency regarding misconduct, transparency regarding harassment, discrimination, or what's actually happening, if I'm the employee that's being harassed or discriminated against and I go report it, if I don't hear anything about it, national average, it takes maybe 25 to 30 days. What goes through my brain and what do I feel during those 25 days? Not seen in the dark, like... yeah. Do they hear me? Do they see me? Do they even care about this? Or is anything being done? Yeah. Which then leads to anxiety, resentment, contentment, you know, being truly pissed off and basically saying, you know what? I don't care anymore. I'm going to go sue you. And so all of that stems from a lack of communication. Yeah. Communication is key, but you also have to break the old system, which is anonymous reporting that goes straight back to the employer to go investigate because that is the broken system. Yeah. I can totally see how having like a a neutral third party really improves employees' confidence that their employers will take it seriously because there's hopefully less chance of retaliation or not being taken seriously. But if a company doesn't have it like in their wheelhouse or they're just updating their current system where it does go to management and stuff like that, Do you have any advice on how to communicate to employees that if you report like with your full identity, um, you won't be hit with retaliation, like beyond just generic like compliance and company statements? Like how do you show that sort of commitment? Uh, Good question. The, The first way to do is acknowledge that they filed it. Acknowledge that, hey, we got this. We're looking into it and letting them know like, hey, you're safe. This is a safe space. If you feel like you are being retaliated against because of this, you need to let us know. Being able to say like, hey, here's where you go. Come let me know. And it's almost saying, hey, this person is looking into this and they will keep you updated as to what's going on. Most companies don't do that. They're just like, oh, okay, I got 9,000 other things going on. I'm overworked. I'm underpaid. Now I got to go do this. Jeez, what else do I have to do? Which then leads the person that's doing it. Now they're resentful to be like, why are you making a complaint? Like, is it really that big of a problem? They're being frustrated because they have all these other things going on. The person that filed it's frustrated, but it always comes back to communication. It's about, hey, 
we hear you, we see you, here's who's looking into it, here's our game plan, we're going to look into this, and we will let you know exactly what's happening throughout the process. Oftentimes, we'll get sometimes a call from a complainant that says, hey, you know, just thanks for calling me. I really appreciate you giving me updates. You know, is there any other updates? And we're like, well, from our call yesterday, like no more (laughs) updates. But, you know, there's some people who just want daily updates, right? Some people want hourly updates, which you can't necessarily do. But truly for those that don't have a system in place or a mechanism in place like WorkShield, then it comes down to when these issues occur, you're dedicating the right resource and they're going to see it through from start to finish as if that's their number one job, period, end of story. Yeah. And if you don't do that, then you're not rising to the level of we hear you, we see you, we understand you, we're looking into this, this is important to us, and we're going to take this seriously. Because if you don't do that, there's a lot of things that can happen and a lot of things that can go wrong as well. Definitely. Especially when talking about misconduct conversations, a lot of times people imagine the old workplace, the traditional workplace, like where you're in person, when you're in cubicles and stuff like that. But as we've seen over the past couple of years, there's a lot of completely remote or hybrid working employees. And Gartner found that remote employees observe different types of uh, misconduct on the rise, like bullying, intimidation, misuse of company time and stuff like that. So overall, how has this shift to like an online workforce affected employee misconduct and affected reporting misconduct? Yeah, the more that people go remote and online, the higher the incident level of harassment, discrimination, bullying, retaliation, kind of hostilities. And here's why. When you think about human nature, if you and I are are meeting in person, am I less likely or more likely to do something intimidating or have some form of hostility or some form of misconduct towards you rather than if we're online and maybe my screen monitor is closed? I can't see you. It's harder to do it in person. There's a psychological aspect to this to where if we're in person, then it's going to be harder to be mean to you, generically speaking, than if I'm talking to you over the phone or if I'm talking to you over Zoom or Teams or whatever the case is or Slack or some type of messaging. Because remember the calls when you're on the telephone and you're talking, you need help on you know, your telephone service or something. People are more rude over the phone than anything else which could lead to retaliation, hostility, et cetera. Now you brought that into the workplace because of COVID, right? More people are doing it now. Through our experience in 2020, like a lot of companies, we were like, geez, what's going to happen? We actually saw a rise in incidents because people felt more empowered to say more curt things, be more forceful, be a little more powerful in their, in their statements. They're protected behind the screen. It's like a false sense of anonymity and security almost. That's right. And so I think what we see is companies, when they go to an online or remote workforce to where they're dealing with a lot, you know, you see a lot of this. We have a requirement at WorkShield to where if we're on a Zoom call, your video's on. It's got to be on. If it's off, then you're not paying attention, you're not engaged, and you have no intent to be present when your video is off. And you often find when people do have their video on, they're a lot more alert. They're more attentive. They're being present to that situation and you get a lot more done. We see that oftentimes when incidents come in and it's from a Zoom or conference call or something, it's, well, the person's video is off. Here's what's going on. And it's the same characteristics. You have that shield 
that false protection or false sense of ability to be less cordial, less empathetic, or more angry against someone else. Yeah. So you had mentioned earlier that that sort of transparency starts from like leadership down. And obviously, you guys know how to demonstrate that firsthand with having that video screen on policy. Are there any other ways that leaders can improve transparency within their organizations? There's a multitude of ways. I mean, I can share the ways we do it. You know, we we do it from the, if we have a Zoom call with our team members and they happen to be working at home or out of the office, you know, get your video on. And it doesn't matter what you look like. We get it. Some people work from home and look, their hair's not made up. I mean, their cattle pop in the back like it did for me when we first came on the call. (laughs) I mean, dogs are barking in the background. Someone rings the doorbell. That's okay. That's a product of working at home and that's okay. And no one's going to judge you for that. So there's that way. The other way is making sure you have daily check-ins or maybe it's a every other day check-in with people that are remote. Hey, just checking in. How are things going? Things okay? From there, I think also with transparency from leadership down. So we have a standard once a month team building opportunity to where anybody can ask any questions to our leadership. To me, my, my two co-founders, you can ask us any question. Everything's on the table and that's okay. That's what allows transparency. And we often say, look, you have a question, come ask us. You know, it is okay because we would rather you know than not know. You know, there are certain things that you can't share as leaders because maybe you're subject to an NDA, you can't tell anybody else or whatever. Those generally probably don't deal with the culture or the issues that the employees and the teammates are really asking about. And that's why we say any question is ask away. And we will tell you if we can't answer that question, we're just going to be open and honest and say, hey, you know what? Let us get back with you. That's a great question. Or if it's something that we can't share, hey, we can't share this right now, but we'll give as much information as we can. Because most people, they just want to know. And when they don't know, guess what? The mind starts doing crazy things. You fill in the gaps. <laughs> and most people are not optimistic people. They're like, oh, well, they're doing the worst thing ever. And unfortunately, that's how people's brain works in the society in which we live in. So the more information you can share, the better. The other way is make sure your team managers and you know leaders they're having their weekly meetings. And I think also people often talk about from a transparency perspective, that once a year performance review, it sucks. It's not effective anymore. (laughs) But check-ins, like you said, are far more effective because you have routine benchmarks to track progress and goals. One of my board members, Jim Watt, a dear friend of mine and great advisor and mentor to me, and he often once said, hey, listen, if anybody's ever terminated and it's a surprise to them, then there wasn't proper performance management. If you're terminating based on performance, because if there was proper performance management, then that person would know they're not hitting the standards. So, okay, what can we do to help? Yeah, given opportunities or ways to be like, how can we help you reach your quota or your goal or whatever assignment it is? Yeah, whatever your job requires, if it's not being done, you know, they should know ahead of time, like, hey, you're not meeting the mark. Well, if that's only happening once a year, eh, it's kind of hard to do. But if you meet with them every month, every week, every quarter, you're having these touch-ins and check-ins, that's where the, a lot of the transparency can come back to help the culture, help the organization. But what does that mean? It goes back to that fundamental foundation we talked about. It's communication. So making sure there's constant communication with your team members. Yeah, no, that's so true. Communication at the end of the day is one of the most important things you can have in a business relationship, a a marital relationship, like you said earlier, in friendship. It's human nature 
to want to communicate and need that from people. Yeah, if you look at any problems that have occurred in personal or business, it generally started from a lack of communication. Yeah, so communication is clearly like so important, especially like in terms of what we've been talking about this entire time, misconduct and transparency within the organization. So how does that sense of communication help foster a safe and inclusive environment? Well, I think communication, number one, going back to it is you have to allow your team members and employees and shareholders to say, hey, listen, if something's going wrong, we want to know about it. Like we have a genuine concern and we want to know about it. We want to understand what's happening. We don't want to understand what's happening to the extent of, oh, we only want to know because then maybe we can hide it. It's more about, no, we want to know what it is so we can go solve the problem and address it and make sure there's a reasonable and prompt resolution to every one of these issues. And now are some issues kind of a mountain out of a molehill? Sure. But when you think about mountains out of a molehill, they become a mountain because there's no communication. But being able for the population to say, hey, listen, we hear you, we see you, we want to hear your voice. Here's the way to which your voice can be heard. Here's our accountability to you and our promise and our process of what we're going to do to address these when you raise your voice. And as long as companies stick to that process and routine, then what you'll see is, and what our clients have seen, is, okay, turnover goes down, productivity goes up, the cultural health of an organization gets better. I think those are the byproducts of having that transparency from top down and just making sure the population knows, like, hey, you're important to us. You're our number one asset. Employees are the number one asset of any organization, hands down. Whether you're SaaS, B2B, B2C, it doesn't matter. They're the number one asset of an organization. Yeah, that's super true. My favorite way to close out this podcast is something that I ask of all my guests. Since this airs on Fridays, what are you looking forward to this weekend? Oh, good question. So I have two kids, uh, Harmon and Madeline, and, and my son gets back from summer camp for the summer. So I'm excited to see him. He's been gone for a couple of weeks. So spending some time, but also spending some alone time, quality time with my daughter, who's already back. So she gets to be a single child this weekend <laughs> for a little bit. So I'm a big family guy. I love cooking. I like to run as well. So I'm sure I'll be doing a little bit of running, a little bit of quality time with my kiddos, my wife, Jen, who's also a co-founder. We love to cook. And so I'm sure we'll find some fun recipes to make over the weekend as well. Awesome. The weather's turning up. So hopefully you guys find something fun to do like on the grill or something to cook together. Yeah. My daughter, she does want to go go-kart racer. Oh, cool. She wants to go drive some go-karts. I think she may be a little jealous because her brother is getting his driver's permit. So she Mm -hmm. wants to do a little bit of driving herself. She's younger, (laughs) but it it should be fun. We'll see how many accidents occur on the uh, go-kart track. So, Oh, those things are pretty safe though, at least from my experience. I'm sure your daughter's going to be pretty fearless about it. (laughs) She's fearless. Yeah. She's a partier. That's so cute. Oh man. (laughs) But Jared, thank you so much for joining me. I've had a pleasure speaking with you today. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you. And uh, I love this topic. I, I love employers, you know, having that transparency. And I could talk about this all day long, but it, it's a lot of fun and something that obviously is needed uh, in the workplace. Yeah, definitely. And thank you again. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Again, I'm Maddie Collins, and thank you for listening. Join us next Friday or whenever you need a work break.